It's time now for The Complete Story, a public news and information feature of BOT Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bott, with today's Complete Story. Uh, uh, Rich, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because every week, every week seems to be taking us further and further into the swamp. (laughs) Uh, Isn't that true? Well, these are crazy times in which we live, and we need to pray for revival, because that's what our nation needs. And one thing is sure, the Lord is in charge. Uh, Janet Paschal, I think that's her name, isn't it? Yes. And uh, she sings with the Gaithers, I believe, but she recorded a song that I just love, and I think it's very, very appropriate for the day that we live in right now. So listen, folks, listen to her song, and take heart. Here it is. Someone said that in this life some rain is bound to fall and each one shares his share of tears and trouble troubles us but the hurt won't hurt forever and the tears are bound to dry I know that in our radio audience right now, there are people going through some really deep water, people that are really hurting, 
and a lot of confusion, a lot of sorrow. And it made me think of that song, It Won't Rain Always. And remember, the sunshine comes next. God's promises are true, and he'll see you through. Rich, I hear you have doing some spot announcements for Hillsdale College a lot. A pretty good place, isn't it? It's a wonderful school. And you can sign up for free for their Imprimus newsletter at boughtforhillsdale.com. Okay. Well, I tell you what, folks. We're going to have a treat in this chapter of The Complete Story because a man I admire, always have, is Justice Clarence Thomas of the United States Supreme Court. If you've ever read his book, My Grandfather's Son, uh, and realize uh, where Justice Clarence Thomas came from, and as a little boy, uh, really didn't have a lot going for him at all, and uh, but he had a grandpa, and the grandpa was strict. <laughs> the grandpa could not read nor write himself, but he knew that hard work and attention to everything was important, and he really took that boy, Clarence Thomas, and, uh, and wouldn't give him an inch as he was growing up. But his life story is so interesting because it's filled with calamity and difficulty. And overcoming. And trying to find his way in overcoming. Yeah, and there's a movie, too, now about Clarence Thomas, a documentary movie called Created Equal. Clarence Thomas in his own words. Well, where can where can people get a copy of that, Rich? Well, it's on several streaming platforms, and uh, I, I don't have it written down now where you might be able to get a copy of it, but it's available. It's out there. Well, Justice Clarence Thomas brought this address at Hillsdale College, and I want you folks to enjoy listening to it with us. Here it is. When life is difficult and seems pointless, we need a safe haven where we can escape from the storm and find solace. Chapels provide that setting. They invite us to draw near to God and to elevate our thoughts, to seek his wisdom, to lay down our burdens at the foot of the cross, and to find that peace that surpasses all understanding. For here we know we are standing on holy ground. In the words of a popular gospel hymn, when I walked through the door, I sensed his presence, and I knew this was a place where love abounds, for this is a temple. The God we love abides here. Oh, we are standing in his presence on holy ground. This calls to mind Hannah, the mother of the prophet Samuel. When she came to the tabernacle to pray, she was barren but longed for a child. The Bible describes her as deeply depressed, a woman troubled in spirit who was experiencing great anxiety and vexation and weeping bitterly. But Hannah poured out her soul before the Lord at the tabernacle. And after a time of prayer and speaking with the priests, her face was no longer sad. She came to the tabernacle in anguish she left at peace. Hannah's story reminds me of a young woman I saw some years ago in the church I attend near the court. I notice her crying. 
her shoulders jerking rhythmically as she sobbed heavily. We happened to leave the church at the same time, and as we did, I asked her if she was okay. Her face streaked with mascara. She answered in a quiet, peaceful voice, I am now. Whatever burden that woman was carrying when she entered the church, she did not leave with it. In the words of the letter to the Hebrews, she drew near to the throne of grace, and she did so in a church building. I have no doubt that many will enter here burdened, and like Hannah and the young woman, leave unburdened and at peace. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. I humbly offer my own story that is similar. Like Hannah, my life was changed through prayer at a time of, at a place of worship. Although I was raised Catholic and even spent four years in the seminary, in my early adult years, I became greatly disillusioned with the church and made the mistake of angrily storming away, impetuousness of youth. Throughout law school and the early years of my career, I was self-reliant, so I thought, and gave little attention to God. But not long after I joined President Reagan's administration, I was in the midst of one of the darkest periods of my life. I was in my 30s running a federal agency under significant public scrutiny and criticism. I had little money, I was raising my young son, and I was grieving the loss of the two most important people in my life, my grandparents. Life seemed hopeless and felt like I had nowhere to turn. In the midst of this hardship and grief, God drew me back to the church and he used a church building to do it. It was during this period, seemingly bereft of hope, that I began to make daily visits to local churches to pray for wisdom and courage, as well as strength and guidance. Unlike the tumultuous world around me, the church building provided a place of peace, a sanctuary from the turmoils of my life. Within those walls, with God's help and grace, I was able to elevate my thoughts beyond my circumstances and self-absorption and set my mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth as St. Paul wrote in the letter to the Colossians. God used these times of prayer and meditation to rekindle the flame of faith in my life. I am a changed man today, and God began that transformation in a holy place, a sanctuary much like this chapel, where I could temporarily leave behind the onslaught of life's difficulties and bring my troubles before the Lord. God used this renewed faith to sustain me and my wife through my confirmation hearings, and we continue to rely daily on the grace he gives us. But there's nothing unique about this in our lives. For many people, chapels and churches have served as beacons of hope, physical reminders of our need for God and his grace and the presence of a chapel on a college camp is particularly important. In fact, 
in this age of popular iconoclasm, building a chapel on a college campus is all but verboten. The college years require young people to make decisions that will affect the rest of their lives. They are exposed to new ideas, new relationships, new distractions, and new temptations. They need a place where they can go to be relieved of their troubles and get their bearing as so much comes at them so fast. By building this chapel, Hillsdale College has provided that space where students can come to discern God's calling, to pray through difficult times, and to praise God for his faithfulness. In short, Hillsdale College has recognized the importance of equipping students, not only intellectually, but also spiritually, for the many challenges of life in college and beyond. Although a chapel is a place for many activities, it also serves as a statement about the importance of those activities. The construction of a college chapel, in particular, is a public declaration that faith and reason are mutually reinforcing. And in 2019, the construction of a chapel is a bold act of leadership at a crucial time in our nation's history. So I would like to briefly underscore the broader significance of the decision that Hillsdale College has made in building Christ Chapel. Beginning in the early 1900s, many elite private colleges and universities began to face questions about the continuing relevance of religious instruction on campus. These questions would have surprised the founders of those schools many of which were created in part for the express purpose of providing religious instruction. But as time went on and schools moved away from their religious roots, the relevance of religion to higher education was increasingly questioned, and campus chapels in particular came to be viewed as relics of a bygone era. With the completion of Christ Chapel, Hillsdale College has staked out its position in this debate, and its decision serves as an example for all of us. The construction of so grand a chapel in 2019 does not happen by accident or as an afterthought. Christ Chapel reflects the college's conviction that a vibrant intellectual environment and a strong democratic society are fostered not hindered by a recognition of the divine. Hillsdale College affirms with the writer of Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. By constructing this chapel, the college upholds the continued importance of its Christian roots even as it respects the rights of each person to worship God according to the dictates of his own conscience. Our country was founded on the view that a correct understanding of the nature of God and the human person is critical to preserving the liberty that we so enjoy. John Adams wrote, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. He recognized that 
The preservation of liberty is not guaranteed. Without the guardrails supplied by religious conviction, popular sovereignty can devolve into mob rule, unmoored from any conception of objective truth. As I think about our political culture today, I am reminded of Ronald Reagan's warning that freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have, we have known, is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them to do the same. Each generation is responsible to both itself and to succeeding generations for preserving and promoting the blessings of liberty. Faith in God, more than anything else, fuels the strength of character and self-discipline necessary to ably discharge that responsibility. That is why I am so encouraged by the construction of Christ Chapel. Hillsdale College's Articles of Association affirm that inestimable blessings flow from the prevalence of civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety in the land. The college was founded on the belief that the diffusion of sound learning is essential to the perpetuity of these blessings. Thus, Hillsdale College was founded on the understanding that the battle to preserve and promote freedom in our country will be waged in the hearts and minds of the people. Rather than shrinking from the battle, Hillsdale is rising to the occasion by investing in the intellectual and spiritual development of its students so they can provide God-honoring leadership in our country. Let it be said of them what was said of David, that he served the counsel of God in his own generation. Students, faculty, administrators, and friends of Hillsdale, let this chapel be more than just an impressive building. Let it be a place where people enter the presence of a majestic God. Let it be a house of worship, of prayer, of meditation, and of celebration before God. Let it be a haven of rest for the weary, a place of healing for the wounded, a place of comfort for the grieving, and a source of hope for the despairing and the forgotten. Let it point to a day when the dwelling of God will be with men, when God himself will wipe away every tear and mend every wound. Let it be a place where tomorrow's leaders discern their callings and grow firm in their convictions. Let it stand as a bold declaration to a watching world that faith and learning are rightly understood as complements and that both are essential to the preservation of the blessings of liberty. Above all, let this chapel equip and inspire us to honor God in whatever he calls us to do. For as St. Paul wrote in the letter to the Romans, from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. May God bless each of you. May God bless Hillsdale. And may God bless this wonderful country. Thank you. See, friends, that was uh, Justice, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas speaking at the chapel, the dedication 
of the new chapel at Hillsdale College. Right, Dad, and that was October 7th, 2019, as Hillsdale was celebrating 175 years. Rich, you know that Clarence Thomas, I read the other day, is now the the senior member of the Supreme Court. He has served longer than any other member of the court today. Except I want to point out, the media doesn't like him. Uh, the Democrats don't like him at all. Let me tell you why. He's pro-life. Now, he is. He's a, he's a, he's a black American. Praise the Lord. But he's pro-life, and he's a strict constitutionalist. He goes by the book, and uh, so they don't they don't care so much for him. Uh, this abortion thing is something that probably will be brought up before the court, uh, not too long, when America, uh, especially the churches, will get on their knees and realize that the killing of an innocent human being, and by by way of abortion or any other way, intentional killing of an innocent little baby is something that we should be ashamed of as a nation, and certainly our churches that are not taking it seriously. What say you, Rich? Well, there's a real, uh, very real threat now of the left trying to pack the court with additional justices so that the voices like Clarence Thomas' voice could be drowned out and replaced by liberal Uh, more socialist kind of voices well, uh, and authoritarian. Yeah, but but uh, thank God for Clarence Thomas and those like him, and we need to pray for them. Absolutely. And pray that the Lord would deliver us from evil. Hey, buddy, do we have some uh, listener comments? Well, we do, Dad. We that, This is so neat, Dad. This um, Remember um, Gail McWilliams, how she would say that when you lift your eyes to the horizon, the sky is the limit. And uh, she was such an inspiration as a blind lady to encourage people. Well, this listener is blind, and she said that it was BRN that took away her depression. Well, well, let's listen. I want to thank Bot Radio for bringing Jesus and the Lord closer to me. I'm blind and 56 years old, and... A lot of depression in my life, and Bot Radio has took that depression away. Thank you so much for the Lord, and thank you for spreading his word all over the nations. Thank you. Oh, thank you, dear lady, and thank you for sharing your testimony with all of our listeners. Let's have another one. God bless you for all the wonderful things that Bot Radio does for, for millions of people. It's just the best. The wonderful programs you have, the wonderful pastors and spiritual leaders, all we need is about another thousand bot radio stations throughout America. Thank you, and God bless you. Uh, he wants uh. another 1,000. We have 120 so far. We thank the Lord for that. Oh, and man. then a lot of people are listening on uh, mobile devices, Amazon Echo, and uh, off their laptop, all different ways to listen. If people go to our website, can is that all explained? It is. Uh, botradionetwork.com. Now that's easy. Bot Radio Network. Dot com. By the way, bot is spelled B-O-T-T, uh, botradionetwork.com. Let's hear another one. Yes, I am so thankful for your broadcast because you give wonderful information that we're not getting in the news media or churches or any place else. You're really speaking the truth, and I do appreciate it. I especially like uh, Wall Builders and Jan Markell. Thank you so much. Well, you know, Wall Builders... 
That's um, David Barton. That's David Barton. I like that guy for sure. And Jan Markell up there in Minnesota. Um, um, lady, thank you for telling us that. Can we have one more, Rich? Yes, I listen to Bot Radio here in East Texas in uh, Longview, Texas area. I enjoy it. I like Adrian Rogers and Jay Vernon McGee. It's a big help. All right. Thank you. All right. All thank right. you. There's uh, a straight Rich, talker from Texas. Yeah, that's exactly. Listen now. Uh, I don't know much. I'm an old 80, 80, let's see, 87. I'll be 88 next birthday in a few months. But um, I don't know much, but I do know who holds tomorrow. Listen to this song. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine. For its skies may turn to gray I don't worry o'er the future For I know what Jesus said And today I'll walk beside him For he knows what is ahead Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand I don't know about tomorrow it may bring me poverty but the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me and the path that be my potion may be through the flame or flood but his presence goes before me and I'm covered, covered by his blood Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand But I know who holds tomorrow And I know who holds my hand Many things And that's a real encouragement. It sure is. Well, our time is up again, folks. It goes by so quickly. This is Dick Bott with my son, Rich, with another chapter of The Complete Story for your sake. I'll see you later. We'll see you.